This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 125, How to Acquire 10 Real Estate Properties a Month with No Money Down, with Chris Prefontaine. Traditional financial planning is no longer working, and in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Well, hello there. Glad to have you with me today. Mark Willis, Certified Financial Planner and your host today. Glad to have you on the journey. Uh, We've got, as always, another rant, just, I think, ripe, for the picking interview, you're going to love the conversation I have with a gentleman named Chris Prefontaine. Chris is the best-selling author of the 2017 book, Real Estate on Your Terms, and this year's New Rules for Real Estate Investing. Uh, that real estate investment book uh, and has really the culmination of Chris's 27 years of experience in the field of real estate investing. And Chris is the founder of the Smart Real Estate Coach and the host of the Smart Real Estate Coach podcast. I had a great time on his show, and I was so pleased to have him uh, come on ours as well. He lives in the coolest part of the world, Newport, Rhode Island, uh, at least for accents, in my opinion, with his wife, Kim, and their family. Chris operates the family business along with his son, Nick, and his daughter, Kayla, and his son-in-law, Zach. They're basically an amazing team. You know, and honestly, the the family business is one of the things we got into in our in our conversation because that's something that's got my attention, mostly as a way to grow and preserve capital along multiple generations. You know, you may have heard the the uh, the presentation we did a few weeks ago on how to help your business last a thousand years. Well, that's going to mean involving the family. So Chris has done a great job doing that already, and he's got three generations. Uh, on the books, including his little grandkiddo. So Chris has been a big advocate of consistent and constant education. He and his family mentor and coach, consult, and actually partner with students all around the country, teaching his uh, his uh, students to do exactly what his company does. Between their existing associates nationwide and doing their own deals, Chris and his family are still acquiring five to 10 properties every single month, controlling between them 20 to $30 million worth of real estate deals all done on terms, okay? So we'll get into what that means, but they're all done on terms without using his own cash, his own debt, his own credit, or signing for any loans. That's so important. If there's gonna be another market correction, uh, to not have your name on that debt. So Chris and his family believe strongly in giving back to his community. They currently support the Franciscan Children's Hospital of Brighton, Massachusetts, the Three Angels Foundation in Newport, Rhode Island, and the Wounded Warrior Project by giving a percentage of all their deals to those causes. So, you know, just a good guy and I think a smart, intelligent investor and a guy who's running a business that has, I think, he's seen what the worst of the real estate market can do when the market doesn't go up. And by the way, it doesn't always go up, does it, right? So how to run that family-owned business in a way that produces a profit without the risk of being on the hook if the market tanks. I think you're going to love this wide-ranging interview. Please uh, welcome Chris Prefontaine. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So you have been successful in your business for several decades now, which I know has got to be a surprise. Uh, But not only have you been successful, but you own and manage a family-run business, uh, which we've had several other guests talk about and explain some of the benefits thereof. 
tell us a bit about what that's like, you know, working in the trenches with your family members. And then how does that impact Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah. Well, okay. So I'll go back to the first thing you said with the, with the decades of success. That's not entirely true because obviously the speed bumps along the way. We can get into that later, but that would be a, a, an overstatement to say that it's been all roses. Um, on the other side of things, um, it kind of happened organically. Um, my son came in around November of 14-ish. Uh, he was a relative prior to that in this operating in the same office. And then my son-in-law, Zach, and daughter Kayla came in around the beginning of 16. Uh, coming from the personal training and bartending um, arena, it's very busy around here because we're in a resort area. Um, the roles, everyone wants to know, okay, the, are the roles something you guys defined and pre-plan? And I wish I could tell you it was some master plan, but it wasn't. It just kind of organically grew. So, for example, uh, Nick fell into my son, kind of the buyer specialist in our team, helping buyers get into homes. And then Zach fell into kind of taking my role as work with the sellers and buying all our properties. And Kayla Moore, and she worked her way out with the kids now, the second one on the way, but she's, she was more of the general manager, kind of higher level. And so just kind of all grew organically. And, and, and no one did, you know, when we started, Mark, it wasn't, okay, here's, a, here's this fat, juicy salary. It was, we're in it together, we do deal by deal, and that's how it's going to be. And, and that's how we run the coaching business as well. So it's, it's a healthy way of doing it. Awesome. And how do you see that impacting just the family relationships? Are you guys able to turn it on and off, so to speak? Or do you just sort of let business flow into the dinner table and back out to this, out, out, play, out in the backyard plan and then back in the office? You know, it can how, pull how in if it's one? positive. So no, no crapola gets taken home and none of the negative gets taken home. But if it's a, you know, a big win or a small win, even we can talk about it. Sure. But not, not if it's garbage because there's just no shutoff valve then. That's awesome. That's a great point. So Chris, you and your family are still acquiring five to 10 properties every single month and you're controlling 20 to $30 million of, of uh, worth of real estate deals. Uh, so that's incredible all in and of itself. But then you do it on terms without using any cash, any of your own cash, credit, or even signing for loans. You got to explain that for our listeners because that's so backwards. You, most people think real estate means I got to plunk down a giant what of cash or go deep into debt uh, and sign my life away. So how, how do you, tell us how you buy and sell property on terms. Sure. And first of all, for the listeners, if they're thinking that that's them, like they didn't know about that. Okay. It's okay. Because I was in business for, man, I, I want to say 17 or 18 years before I started doing the terms business. Right. And I, you know, you, so you think I, I would have known it, knew of it, touched on it a little bit, but never as a full head on laser focused business. So we buy everything with either uh, lease purchase or owner financing. And there are some nuances other ways, but let's just stay with the basics. So those are the two main ways. Uh, a lease purchase is nothing more than if I'm buying your home mark and you have underlying mortgage, um, and I'll give them to ratios of who does and who doesn't in a minute. Um, I'm going to take over your uh, maintenance repairs. I'm going to make you mortgage payment. Uh, that is, of course, if I know I can get a bigger spread when I put someone in the home, then it's cost to me. And so you're immediately relieved of the debt and of the responsibility and if you have equity, you're going to get that equity at the end of my lease purchase term, not up front. So built into our agreements is $10 to your point of no money down. And we do not assume that loan. We just make the payment for the seller. That's a big differentiation piece because we're not going on any of these loans. So when you said we control X amount of millions, yes. So our 50, 60 properties or so, we are on not one single loan and we won't be. That's very important because after the crash of 08, I learned the hard way. If you're on those loans, it's going to keep you up at night in a big way for many years. Uh, on, the, on the owner financing, that means a lot of different things to different people. 
Um, we say owner financing, we primarily focus on free and clear property so they have no mortgage. And that's about a third of the homes in the United States right now, ballpark. Every market's a little different. And so if you can picture those, we structure those with uh, principal only payments monthly. So the longer we can go out on a term, that's a huge home run. And I'll give you a number because you guys are into investing in different alternative ways. If you can locate a home, and we show you how, for say a hundred, let's use a round number, $200,000 and up. So that's in most markets, you can find that. And you can structure an owner financing um, purchase of that. And you can structure at least 48 months, which you can. You've got a six-figure deal. Now, I know people can't probably just on the surface get their arms wrapped around that because, okay, I buy a $200,000 house. I'm going to make hundred on it. Yes. The way we structure the deals. Yes, you can. So those are two new concepts to some people. Can you walk through the best and worst parts of each? In other words, what could go right? What could go wrong with lease purchase? Let's start there. Or what, or what has with us, right? Because yeah. <laughs> it's happened many times. Uh, that's how we get better. So on the lease purchase side, um, the biggest headache I can think of is, um, and, and these all have workarounds, right? I call it pivoting. But one is we had a gentleman pass away uh, during a lease purchase. Well, at the end of the lease purchase, they have to sign the deed because you didn't get that signed yet. So it was not a big headache. The pivot is he did not have a, uh, his, his estate was not uh, uh, set up. It had to go through probate. So there's a delay. But other than that, it got done. The attorneys handled it and it was like a 90-day delay. We happened to be at the tail end of a cash out with our buyer and he passed away. Uh, on the other side of it, if you look at, uh, I, should, I should clarify, when we fill these homes, we fill them all with tenant buyers in a rent-to-own program. Okay, we don't sell them all right. We tie them up on terms and we put a tenant buyer in there. Well, if you do that and you are too quick to jump to throw someone in the home, you're going to end up throwing a bunch of renters in there. That's a nightmare. You must, that's the buy and hold, put a tenant in there and hope that it works. We put tenant buyers in there that uh, act, behave, pay for, or are responsible for like a buyer. They just don't have a loan yet. And so important to know if the big, the big headache would be if you you sticking people in there without a lot of down payment, all you get is a renter. There you it's, go. It's a nightmare, yeah. A potential nightmare. Well, so you've, you've found some ways to bypass the biggest hurdles to investing in real estate through those strategies you just mentioned. Uh, what, how did you find that? Tell us the story of how you stumbled into that and you know, what happened in surviving the 2008 crisis uh, and now prepping for whatever comes in the future. Yeah. So a couple good, good thoughts there. So it wasn't like we created anything. I mean, this stuff's been going on since the late 1800s, literally buying on lease purchase, master leases, owner financing way before you and I. So all we did is take a, a bunch of those through different mentors and say, okay, let's put a system around it and then let's automate it and let's get that so that it can be duplicatable by our students around the country. Um, and the big difference, and I'll go back to the second piece of your, your comment there is, um, you probably see this all over the place, but not just real estate, but the, but the huge gap that exists between someone taking a course or a seminar and actually doing a deal respective to real estate, there's a big gap there. And so we've not only put the systems in place that uh, on, on techniques that have been out there, but we also hold their hand and do the deals with them. And we call those associates around the country. Well, that's closing that gap big time because the biggest frustration, if you listen to people out in the market in any industry is, well, okay, I get it. I went to the seminar. It sounds good, but I can't like, I can pull the trigger, but then what if this happens? And what if that happens? And what do I say if this happens? Well, we do that with them. Um, and so you said something about the, the 08 crash. Well, coming out of that, 
stuff had to be re-engineered because I wasn't going to go putting up you know personal signatures again and signing personally again on stuff. And so that's how this whole thing was born is coming out of that that crash. And so you mentioned about what if it happens again. Um, I wish you and I knew that because we'd be on the beach somewhere for good, right? But I think that a lot of the markets, it's not one market, right? There's a bunch of markets around the country. And some of them have slowed down. Uh, some of them have slowed down just with high end. Some of them are still sailing strong because I've got people all over the country. So we get a good read on what's going on. When you structure the right term and use the right agreements, and, and this is important, then you're not concerned about that. So for example, when the market slows down, we'll buy more property for the amount of people we talk to. It'll be easier to buy. Um, right now, we're calling more people to, to get a home under contract than we were four years ago because the market's hotter in a lot of areas. So it's not a problem. It's knowing how to pivot. So I, I'm not going to say I want the market to, to crash or slow down, but I, when it does, we're okay. And we'll buy more properties. We'll be set up for the next round. So um, I don't know if that answered your question directly, if I hit all your high points there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, real estate, uh, while it goes through highs and lows, has been around since the pyramids. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's a long time-tested asset class for sure. Uh, and, you know, it's about being a disciplined investor to make sure that you can make, make it through the best times and the worst times uh, and, and find ways to be profitable either way. Uh, what I really like, though, and want, want to hear more about is how do you, how do you bring, uh, how do you bring your, your discipline of essentially little or no money into a deal? And essentially, then you, you just need cash flow. Is that right? To be able to cover the mortgage payments and so forth with the lease purchase. You don't need a lump sum, but you do need income or cash flow. Is that coming from other sources in your business? Yeah. Okay. So good, good kind of progression. So let's say I, I put your home on a contract. Now I have, it doesn't matter if it's owner financing or lease purchase. We're going to put that tenant buyer in there. That tenant buyer then is going to pay us uh, upfront. We call that payday number one. That averages for us around 28000 every deal. Payday two is the difference between the mortgage I'm paying out or to the seller, either way, and what I'm collecting from the tenant buyer. That spread ranges from 300 to 1,000. This depends on what, what deal you're on. So that's every month, the whole term. Add those numbers up, that adds up quickly. And then the, the payday three is the back end. When it, when it closes out, we call that payday three. So all three paydays mark total like 75 or 78 grand for us on average per deal. That's pretty strong. And for our students around the country, eh, low of 45 and high of 120. Some of them are stronger than us. So all that to answer your question says, I tie your home up. I then make that, that contract contingent upon me finding that buyer. So I'm not going out of pocket. Then once I find the buyer, I'm instantly cash flow positive. That's what's unique about the business. And if you start, you start looking at doing that for 12 months and putting together even six deals, I was going to say a dozen, but even six deals, you're talking about a several thousand dollars per month cash flow. You're talking about seventy-five to one hundred and uh, sorry, yeah, seventy-five to one hundred and fifty upfront, and then back end that's going to be predictably over the next few years. Well, that's a pretty cool business model. So you can get off the treadmill in six months if you want, or twelve months, or you know, eighteen months, whatever you want. We could stop today. Here's an example: as a family entity, not the coaching, the buying and selling. We could stop today, and for the foreseeable three or four or five years, have a closing every single month or more. That's because we did the upfront work over the last few years. That's all. Fantastic. Well, and, and you are running a business. This is not a plunk some money into a passive in, uh, real estate deal and just let the money flow in. You are growing and managing and developing a core business for your, not just yourself, but for your family, uh, which- Yeah, absolutely. Is that right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Good point. Because some people do want the passive and every now and then we'll have our, literally our CPA or our attorney will come in and say, Hey, I've got X amount of dollars. It's not making anything on the open market. Do you guys have a deal? And we'll find a deal for that. We'll find a home for that. But our core model is that what I said to you with, with buying on terms. Yep. Well, and it's a tremendous business model. Absolutely. Uh, putting a little bit of time and energy into finding the buyers, finding the sellers uh, creates for you a, a nice spread and a nice income for years to come, as you mentioned. Now, it does mean you have to be disciplined. And I know that you're a big believer in what goes on in between our ears. Uh, so, tell us a bit about your core values uh, and what your business has as a core value, core values for your business as well. Sure. We have, a few, we have six. I'll, I'll mention a few. Um, we, have, we constantly innovate and improve. Uh, team over me is, is a big one. Um, we complete all transactions with the highest integrity. We're clear, blunt, and to the point. These are just some of the core values, but, but how does that affect the biz? Well, when we take on a deal on one side of the biz, when we take on a student, believe it or not, we have said no to students and most coaches and mentors would say, what? You, you tell them you don't want their money? Yeah. If they don't fit the core values, we don't take them on as an associate who we have to get in the trenches and do deals with. Why would we do that? And so it's important that they fit. And um, this is interesting. So this morning, I'll share the story with you relative to this. A woman said to me, we do free strategy calls and I'll offer that to your database at the end but we do free strategy calls for people to help them and just, just chat for 15 minutes with them. And she said, okay, before we get off, what's the number one skill set? And she was very aggressive. She said, what's the number one skill set you say I need to have to, to operate in your model? I said, it's not a skill set. I can teach skill sets to everybody. It's the other piece that you just mentioned between the ears. I said, you need grit and you need to be able to manage your expectations, meaning you didn't see that late night commercial on TV saying I can make a million dollars in real estate next month. This is not going to happen. But if you're into this for the long term, and you have the grit, then you're going to have a great experience. And that, that was my answer to it, but it is relative to what you said about between the ears, you know? Yeah. And, and so I'm curious, just out of an interest in building a business myself, and again, you having your family involved and so forth in the business, why did you choose those values over others? And I think those are tremendous values, but I'm curious as to the motivation. What's important about those particular core values to you? Okay, this kind of goes back to your opening question, Mark, because so it's a good one. And that meaning, here's the tie. You said something about the family. Okay, well, those core values that I just mentioned, I think I gave you four out of six. That, that, those aren't things that I came up with and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. This was a brainstorm with everyone. And it said, throw them all up on the board, which we did on a sticky note, the big post-its. And then we whittled it down to six as a team. Why? Because then everything you do, every decision you make, everything you're doing operationally, there's no like um, miscommunication, family or no family. It's, well, we all said that those are the values. What, what do you mean you want to go that way? So it makes the communication very open and very clear, even though that's also one of our values, right? To be clear and blunt and to the point. So does that answer it? I think. Yeah, no, it's a, I think what you're saying is it's team before me, even in your development of your core values. I think that's yeah, tremendous. Exactly. Uh, so what are some other ways in which if folks, maybe they, they don't want to necessarily stop their day job or stop the, the business that they're already in. And many of our listeners are business owners. Um, maybe they don't necessarily want to, to start a brand new business, but they want that secondary income while still uh, pursuing their existing current streams of income, whether that's their day job or anything else. How would you help folks or point people in the right direction to adding a secondary income while still staying in their current uh, you know, roles in life? 
Yeah, this is really cool. So I just, I'll give you another story to answer this question because I think I believe in like real stuff. It's not in theory. So I had a gentleman on my podcast who is, he's not even remotely in my niche. He does, uh, he, he consults agency owners and tells them how to build their agency business. And he said, look, I, I consult these guys and I tell them to your question, they should park their money outside of their business. They should take their money out of their business and park it somewhere else or do some other things. As you, if you have a business, you should have a business, not a job, right? So we're doing a, a thing for his entire group of database, teaching them how to do these techniques. Why? What if, what if an owner did one deal or two deals a year? And what if, forget the 75 average that we do, let's say it only brought him 50 grand predictably over the next few years. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with learning that skill set and that technique and being part of a national group that then allows you to do one or two or three or six extra deals? Because you can do those literally in your sleep once you learn it. I don't mean overnight, right? But once you learn the system, you can start doing that. Well, that's a pretty cool uh, annuity. That's a pretty cool retirement vehicle. That's a pretty cool wealth builder all at once because that's what the three paydays do. So most of our associates and students are part-time. We only have two full-time. So, so I said to the woman this morning who asked me about part-time versus full-time, we have most of our people that are quite thrilled to be part-time. They have a business. I, one guy owns a manufacturing company, but he does three or four of these a year. Why not? Um, so I, I hope that answered you general enough to help everyone that they can actually do this. And then here's the punchline. What if you learned this and did one deal, but also every five or six years bought your own home this way? My son-in-law and, and daughter are in a home that they bought with a lease purchase. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Well, and it sure beats driving around a rideshare or some other side hustle <laughs> you know, for your side income, for sure. Yeah. That's great. Uh, well, so what, would, what could we do for our listeners today? How, would, how could folks learn more about what you're up to, what you're doing, and some of the projects that you're involved with? Okay, so uh, I'll give you a link if you're good with it. Uh, just for your listeners, uh, we have two best-selling books. The newest one just came out. I'll give you a link for that. And they can go get it for free. Now, here's the punchline. This is not free, but put your credit card in and we're going to whack you for shipping. I, we will pay for the shipping. It costs us a little over six bucks a book in the United States. So go to New Rules, New Rules for Free, F-O-R-F-R-E-E, newrulesforfree.com. That's going to give them the new rules of real estate. Brand new bestseller came out last month. But also on there, Mark, we added, and I, so I want to mention on your show for your listeners, just put in that they were on the show. We will do that free strategy call for them. Um, and that's just a, a free 50 minute call. Hey, I heard you. I got some questions or, Hey, I'm doing some deals now. How would this work? Whatever you want to ask us is fine. Um, and you I hope you'll find that very informational, at least one or two takeaways. The real estate on your terms, original bestseller that really is more specific to the system. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, it's really cheap. And then, uh, everything we do up front is free. I, if you can't tell, I, I then go to the website, smartrealestatecoach.com and go through the free webinar. I don't want anyone doing anything without saying, okay, I did my due diligence. It was free. I spent some time and I do or I do not want to go further. That's why it's built that way. Fantastic. And uh, thank you for a copy of the book. We've got it right here. Nice. And, and so we'll be reviewing it and giving folks uh, feedback as they reach out to us as well uh, regarding your services and the work you do for coaching other people to, to add this as an important and possibly very lucrative uh, secondary or primary income stream. For sure. Very good. And is there anything else you'd like to leave our listeners in terms of ways they can think not your average in their financial life? 
Uh, sure. Here's one for everyone. Uh, no matter what business you're in, it doesn't matter. If pick a pick a niche, pick a business, pick a project. Find someone that is doing it uh, still, not did it 20 years ago, right? Is still doing it. So it's kind of where you want to be, and then latch on to them. But back to that expectations thing. Do it for three years. I know it sounds like a long time, but just put the blinders on for three years. You will have an amazing experience regardless of what you do. I don't care if it's to go open a popcorn stand. Find someone that did it and do it for three years with them. You'll have a great experience. Thank you, Chris, for your time today. Thank you, buddy. While that last little nugget of wisdom might have been worth the entire episode right there, it's true. You know, if you put on those blinders, if you go full hog into whatever it is, selling lemonade, selling socks on the side of the road, if you do that with all of your heart, there's over a three-year period, he said, there's almost no way you uh, would fail. You'd find some niche to just be the best sock sales guy on the side of the road. Let me tell you, that's awesome. Thank you again, Chris, for being on our show. You know, I don't know what your biggest takeaway was. There's lots that come to my mind. You know, I was really just really taking notes when he was getting into the nitty gritty on his business model. I love learning how businesses work and how they, you know, are able to be profitable in good times and bad. His three paydays, you know, that he mentioned in the episode, those, you know, that total basically $75,000 per deal and instantly having his money be cash flow positive. uh, That's just really cool. You know, I mean, this is a real business. However, you got to remember, not all real estate is passive, free money to just sit back and let it flow in. You know, even being a landlord is work. It's not just, you know, sitting on your duff and letting the rent check roll in. And this is a real business, but he doesn't mince words about that. It's, It's not passive, but it doesn't take a lot of heartache and headache. He's not over there fixing toilets or whatever. He's simply making a, a, a great arrangement between buyers and sellers and moving that money and helping his business stay profitable and getting his entire family involved too. I thought that was so cool. And you know, I thought the smartest thing that I'm gonna definitely take away from this, having a family-owned business myself, is I'm gonna make sure that I only bring up the positives when I'm not with my family at the office, right? When we're at home, we're, we might bring up work, but it's gonna be the good news. We're not gonna bring the stress of the business back home. I thought that was a really smart idea, not to bring stress back home to the dinner table. So I'd love to hear from you on this. It's been a, another wonderful episode. We'd love to have you on one of the upcoming shows. Would you like to be a guest on one of our upcoming episodes? We've got a live episode coming up February 1st. Mark your calendars. It's 11 a.m. Eastern time. And we don't do many of these. So if this is uh, your one shot, it's a Saturday. So it's uh, February 1st, 11 a.m. Eastern time. You can sign up and RSVP at bit.ly slash live NYAFP. That link again is bit.ly slash live NYAFP. If you're not sure how to spell all that, you can go to our show notes to see that. Or uh, you can head to our our, uh, voice memo link, which is speakpipe.com slash NYAFP. Again, that link is also in our show notes. But I would really love to get your voice on our show. It's more fun with you on the show. So, The question of the month is, is bank on yourself a scam? And you've got one more week, one more week to get your comments in. So let us know. Uh, If it is, great. Tell me. We need to know. If it isn't, tell us that too, your experience. If you've you've had experience, positive or negative, 
I want to hear about it. We'll put it together and make a, a, a show episode about that coming up in coming weeks. So let us know if bank on yourself is a scam. That's the question of the month. So thank you again for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.